Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. One of us is in studio. One of us is at the, well, Kitchen Island. Uh, if you're watching, which you can do a couple of different ways, you can see who's where. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, thanks for spending time. And can watch Hale Varsity Radio on HVarsity Radio, the Twitter handle, also ESPN Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. Numbers to get in today at 466-377-76-476-3776-800-825-5865. Uh, can email the show chris at halevarsity.com and give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence is where you can follow Elijah. Busy show today. We'll spend time with Brandon Vogel here in about 20 minutes. Recruiting on our mind. Matt Rule on Jim Rome. We'll hear a little bit of that here uh, this first hour. In hour two, some more insight to the Rule hire with NFL Hall of Famer and a man that helped uh, reach out to Rule when he was out at Temple. Uh, Dick Vermeil going to join us here in a little more than an hour. Gary Barnett weighs in on college football and uh, reaction to the rule higher, just the, the, the lift that is going to be very real for Nebraska with Matt Rule and Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network around 540. You have the phone numbers and you have ways to get in touch with us also on StreamYard. You can comment there. And last night we were uh, in the tough spot of having to, to deliver some, some very, very sad news regarding interim coach Mickey Joseph and uh, what had gone on uh, with, with him. And uh, we have a little bit more information. We'll start off and get this out of the way. Uh, we will talk recruiting. We'll talk coaching staff. Uh, we'll hit some Husker hoops. I mean, all of those things that we're, we're more used to, but you have the uh, world of news and sports blurring a second day in a row. And uh, you have the following here with the LPD's incident report. Uh, you have uh, the uh, alleged police reports here in the court filings. You have a woman telling police that Joseph pushed me on the couch and strangled me. That is quoted from uh, Lincoln Police Officer Redlin. Uh, that's what he said in the affidavit for the coach's arrest. 
the woman pushed Joseph off off of her before he followed her into the kitchen, grabbed her hair from behind, pulled her backward, causing her to fall to the ground, and punched her in the head as she fell. That again, the report from the responding officer filed today in Lancaster County Court. Police responded to the home just before 2 p.m. That was Wednesday. They found a woman with visible swelling to her left eye, several strands of hair clinging to her pant leg, which she alleged to have, she alleged had been pulled from her head by Joseph, again, according to the affidavit. You have another adult man at the residence, a relative of the victim, told police he saw the alleged assault play out, uh, reporting that Joseph choked the woman before trying to grab her phone in an effort to flush it down the toilet. Uh, the, the phone had been placed in a container of rice by the time police arrived Wednesday afternoon, and uh, the woman did not suffer major injuries from the incident, according to Lincoln Police incident report filed in this case. But the extent of her injuries unclear. Uh, you have Lincoln Fire and Rescue, a spokeswoman declining to say whether a medic unit was dispatched to the house or whether any uh, patients were treated for injuries, citing privacy concerns. So you had police find Joseph. Uh, a little bit uh, to the east and south of where this alleged incident took place. And he denied striking the woman or pulling her hair, according to the affidavit. Joseph then arrested there and taken to Lancaster County Jail, where he remained overnight. Uh, Prosecutors today charged him with assault by strangulation or suffocation, a Class 3 felony, Publish, uh, punishable, excuse me, by up to three years in prison. Uh, a little bit more to this, and then uh, we'll stop with the news. Two members of Joseph's family attended his initial court appearance at the Lancaster County Courthouse this afternoon. That was attended by Joseph, uh, and uh, that was done so by Zoom. Uh, you have the... Uh, Bond at $20,000, $2,000 is to be released shortly after the hearing because 10% of that's two grand. Uh, You have Trev's statement from yesterday, and Elijah, you pulled a little bit from Jim Rome's interview with Matt Rule today, and you have Rule's response to the question about what's gone on with Mickey Joseph, Jim Rome to Matt Rule earlier. Mickey Joseph, who was the team's interim coach for nine games, was arrested on suspicion of strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. What was your reaction to that news? Well, you know, I was I was obviously surprised. You know, I, I had I had met Mickey once. Uh, you know, just prior to that, was scheduled to actually talk to him again uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, so you know, I, I was just shocked and surprised, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, everything is resolved in a, in, a, in a good way. Have you spoken to him? I spoke to him before all of this ha- uh, happened. You know, I, we, we met the, you know, I kind of met with the whole staff, all the guys that had been here before, and we were scheduled to meet again yesterday. Um, but then, you know, obviously, obviously things have changed since then. 
So that was Matt Rule's response to to Jim Rome today. We'll have more of that interview tomorrow. But Elijah, uh, this is tough to read, tough to to process, uh, extremely horrific for the victim and extremely horrific for the Joseph family. And and now you have uh, just god-awful rumors that have been just spewed today out there. And and I love Lincoln. I've grown up here, but it's the biggest small town there is, and everybody knows something. And here's what I heard. Just let this go. Let Mickey and the law get this thing figured out. It's my best take. And you 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 pray for the, the the victim in this and it's just terrible if true again we have police report we have the incident report we laid it out there uh there are some uh private details in the incident report we have that we're not going to divulge just from a, an identity standpoint of things and, and that's where we are with things but if all of this is true if he's found guilty of all of this, I'm really not great with people asking, well, can he coach again? Dude, I mean, it's it's about harming another human to the extent that it, it went. Uh, forget work. Let's talk time, doing time, because that's that's why you have a justice system and you have a court system to prove your innocence establish truth that's why i think it's important in this case that's something i said in the uh the line change segment with hanley is that you just hope throughout this process that truth can be established uh, that there's enough evidence that the police can determine beyond a shadow of a doubt what the truth in this situation is and that it becomes rectified based on what the truth is and uh, i think husker fans everywhere from watching mickey joseph this year pray this this isn't true but uh you just hope that that truth can be established in this situation it can be rectified and uh it's a horrible situation all around. I think Husker fans feel blindsided. They feel shocked. Maybe they feel anger about You're this situation. Sick. You're absolutely sick. Th- this report flies in the face of everything that you thought you knew about Mickey Joseph and the Mickey mm-hmm. Joseph family. Uh, from social media to press conferences to, to how Mickey presented himself. It completely flies in the face of that. And that's why I think Husker fans feel so blindsided by this and why it's... I mean, obviously should be a huge story, but why it's become such a huge story, just because it seems so out of character for everything that peers, uh, former teammates, everything, what, what they have told you about Mickey Joseph. It flies in the face of that, and it's it just a, a horrible situation. Truly, truly, truly just makes your stomach turn whenever you hear the details of what, what allegedly went down. Well, that is the, the latest update on Mickey. That's the incident report. There's other outlets that have... Uh, identified the victim. We are not going to do that. And that is where we stand. And this is, this is very, very, very awful with, um, if, if what happened is true and you just have, you have technology is what I'm saying. So technology exists in a lot of our homes, be it cameras, be it, doorbell cams there there is going to be more evidence on this 
versus uh, one male that was at the house that is is a witness. Mm-hmm. If if this is all true, and, and just to kind of dumb down what you're saying, I think you're saying in such a, a high profile person's home such as this, you'd assume that there would be cameras and evidence of of what happened mm-hmm. within the home, or at least uh, in the time around which this happened outside the home. Just with what what you'd expect based on a, a person of high profile, not just in Lincoln, Nebraska, but anywhere. Uh, there is uh, an added need for security in places like that. And that, that's mm-hmm. why it came down to, I, I hope that there is enough ev- evidence to establish what the truth actually was beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, and based on everything we're hearing, it, it's just, it, it's awful all around. That's why I keep coming back to that. It is I want truth to be established in this, in this situation because it's such an awful, awful, awful case. Announcement earlier today, shifting off of Mickey news and we'll keep you updated uh, with what is reported and released, and we'll keep you abreast of that because he he has been a subplot to this week. It's been excitement or questioning, one of the two, the Matt Rule hire, depending on where you are as a Nebraska fan. But the concern level for many was what's going to happen to Mickey. Uh, this happened yesterday. And it's real tough, if guilty, if all this is true, to uh, to move forward with the guy, he's on uh, he's on administrative leave right now. We can tell you who's been hired officially. We told you about this earlier in the week. It's now official. EJ Barthel at running backs coach, Corey Campbell, your strength coach, Evan Cooper, secondary, Ed Foley, special teams, Terrence Knighton, pot roast, defensive line, Marcus Satterfield. Offensive coordinator. We're going to pick Brandon Vogel's vein, brain, not vein. That would be gross. Um, <laughs> we we're going to pick his brain on on defensive coordinator options, uh, the offensive line, and uh, for sure uh, where where Nebraska can go to to, to round this out. We'll, we'll also get and, and Vogel's I, I, take on some volleyball. Sorry, right. I like to get his take on just what he thinks the most important remaining position coach that that is still to be named is in terms of you know there's going to be an offensive line coach that's going to be named a defensive coordinator still needs to be named you'd assume a linebackers coach and uh, based on what we're hearing within the past 24 hours you'd assume a wide receivers coach uh, would Mm -hmm. still need to be named as well so uh, I want to get his take on who he thinks the most important of that grouping is based on what we've seen I know offensive line's been such a bugaboo over the past couple years that that is uh comes top of mind uh with with how quick of a fix that needs to be and with what Matt Rule said in his press conference about winning along the lines of scrimmage. Uh, you would think offensive line could be paramount, but uh, defensive coordinator as well. There's some talent in that room, and it's going to come down to, I think, a defensive coordinator being able to connect with some of these guys that are already in the defensive room and uh, being able to keep those guys around. We've already seen some transfer portal news here in, in recent days, not necessarily with Nebraska, but around the, the grander world of college football, and you assume that that news is going to be coming hard and fast with Husker football here over the next week as a, a lot changes in college football from coaching mm-hmm. staffs to rosters. Uh, so I, I'm excited to get his take on what he thinks because I lean offensive line, uh, who that ends up being as being the, the most important remaining position coach to be named. But uh, I'm really curious with him and his insight, what he has to think about that. Let's spend a second on recruiting as well, because uh, the top uh, talent in Lincoln Malachi Coleman opening up his commitment today, did so earlier, did so on social media. He was extremely close with Mickey Joseph. Uh, That is uh, one of the the realities. And you have a number of kids that 
were recruited for 2023 that are extensively close with Mickey Joseph that you wonder what happens next. That's not more important than life and, and what has happened with Mickey Joseph. But the reality is with a new football coach, you have a, a recruiting class to, to try and keep together in the midst of this wall. Somebody you are considering for your staff is now on administrative leave. What, what does Rule do here in the short term to, uh, to keep this class together? And, and one step is to have a, a camp on Sunday in Lincoln. He's doing that. We'll get some recruiting thoughts as well from Brandon Vogel uh, from Hale Varsity. Dick Vermeil has spent a lot of time with Matt Rule. He'll kick off hour two. Gary Barnett joins us. It's a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in on a Thursday edition of Schmitty was getting some coffee. Schmitty, I turn it back over to you. You're fine. For some reason, there was 17 inches thick of duct tape on this coffee creamer mama got and uh, I'm usually not a creamer guy but sounds kind of good Brandon Vogel well, is, in his football office with us well, is that is that creamer not in honor of the the new morning show with Hale Varsity Radio it's a great chance Schmitty I don't, I don't know if you meant it, it but coffee and cream <laughs> the mornings on uh, the Hale Varsity Radio Network here locally on ESPN Lincoln and streaming wherever you get your podcast that was unintentional but i think a really good little segue Schmitty. yeah it was uh, it was unintentional but we'll we'll run with it uh, <laughs> i80 preview is brandon vogel's podcast my wife is to my left do you want to jump on you can't swear right the fcc will you better not she's she's pleasant and lovely this morning what do you need afternoon this afternoon your cigarettes are out in your car. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to let's get to football, Vogues. Uh, let's uh, dive in. Give me a name. Give me the Brandon Vogel special on defensive coordinator under one Matt Rule. Oh, um, <clears throat> I mean, until I guess he's officially ruled out. Like I think we're all pointing towards towards Phil Snow. A uh, long time been with Matt Rule, um, and <clears throat> is one of the guys. So once Rule was officially announced, I kind of went through and charted like every assistant coach that has been in his orbit, and and Snow was one of one of I think two. I let's see, um, yeah, one of two that had been basically with with rule for that entire journey all the way to Carolina. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And like, until further notice, I guess, um, I think, I think that's where Nebraska probably goes. And it's, it's kind of tough to argue with the results beyond that. I haven't thought much about like 
you know, okay, if that's not gonna not gonna be in the cards, uh, what's your kind of go out and get somebody higher? Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where things stand with me, at least personally. Well, do you read into the fact that I mean, Phil Snow is a guy who's, as you said, been with Rule through all the stops and currently is jobless. So would you read in the fact Why that not hire him? Yeah, you'd think he'd be one of the first <laughs> names announced if, if he's a guy who's been loyal to rule all the way through and he still doesn't have a job right now. Do you, do you read in that at all or am I just looking way too deep? No, you're not looking way too deep. It's 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 curious. Like um, Mike Saravo, looking at my notes, was the other coach, linebackers coach who'd been with him through throughout that entire stretch. I mean, of of the people named today you know we got an oc we got a running backs coach dvs and d line so both of those are still open um and, and both of those guys that i just mentioned snow and saravo had been with him at carolina so who knows if that complicates things a little bit there but the fact that nebraska announced um some assistance today basically tells me kind of with a with a hard deadline of tomorrow when recruiting opens back back up that's basically what they're going into this first weekend with and and i think that's fine um you know this when you take over like if you've got the numbers to do it and we'll we'll see what nebraska ends up with like the smaller your first recruiting class is the probably the better Secondarily, Brandon, just to follow up on that, if Snow isn't the guy, because he doesn't really seem to fit that mold of what Rule said he wanted in terms of young and hungry assistant coaches on his staff, but um, do you at least have a maybe a backup plan of a guy who could be young and hungry, a guy that could be willing to fill those roles? And I know, I know I'm putting you on the spot completely here because we asked your opinion. You said Phil Snow makes the most sense, but do you have any other potential names in terms of that young and hungry potential D.C. candidate? Honestly, I don't yet. Um, and I, uh, given events of the past couple of days, hadn't have, had as much time as I planned to to dig into it. Um, I mean, there's it becomes tough. And, you know, it's been interesting so far, like with a new coach, you know, there's going to be a bunch of change. And how much do they go with kind of their their family of assistants, guys that have been with them? throughout and it, there's always you know some intrigue around that that's it that would that said i would be i was i'm a little bit surprised at this point um about you know how much this feels like getting the gang back together and maybe i shouldn't be you know it's not like baylor that's a big 12 job and it was in a tough spot when rule took over but you know, you, you get this job at nebraska where there's probably a little bit more money available just by virtue of the conference that it's in you do you wonder like okay if you could hire any defensive coordinator who are you going to go out there and get and we'll see um i mean nebraska has the capability to do that so that's obviously with an oc announced today the i think biggest hire left although maybe not the most important if that makes the most sense brandon vogel is with us from hale varsity managing editor Vogues, uh, who is the the most Im- important hire? Do, uh, do we go ding 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 offensive line? Probably. I mean, it's kind of hard to look at the Big Ten West. It's kind of hard to look at Nebraska's history and not think that that one has to be really good. And when you look around the country, you know, uh, old line coaches frequently fly under the radar, just like o- offensive linemen do. Um, 
but they're essential. I mean, they're, they're really, really big. Like, and, and it's, it's a hole Nebraska still has to fill. Like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Rayola is, is getting a little bit of a long look here for, for Nebraska, you know? Um, and that's, that might strike some people as strange. Like Nebraska's O-line didn't come out and blow anybody away based on the 2022 that they had, but that's a, that's a young coach still in, in coaching terms who, who knows? You never know all the context around things and how guys are going to do in an interview, how guys are going to mesh with a, a new boss potentially. So we'll, we'll see which way Nebraska goes there. Uh, Brandon, timetable, in your opinion, for finalizing this coaching staff, do you think it's going to be soon, or do you think this is something where they just need to get their, their bare bones, the guys they know in place right now, and it could possibly be you know into the new year before you know what the full staff is going to be? What, what is your opinion on, on what this, this timetable could look like? Yeah, good, good question. I wouldn't hold out like you know there being a spot or two that maybe takes a little bit longer, but I would be surprised if by middle of next week, so – the fact that we got some people announced today tells me like, like, like I said, this is who they're going into the weekend with. Like they, you'd love to have 10 people in place. Plus the head coach, you can go out there and recruit full throttle. Um, I I don't think that's going to be the case, but still you've got a couple of weekends before that early signing period hits. So the sooner, the better in in terms of getting the rest of this staff fleshed out. I, I would be surprised. Surprised if we if we went into the new year, you know, not name not knowing a name or two, but not totally shocked. Brandon Vogel's with us. Brandon, uh, there's a couple of layers to this, and I want to get your reaction to the Mickey Joseph news and and more of the the news with the incident report that came out, and then not as important as life. But, but football staff reality, uh, the administrative leave, there's a spot to fill on staff. There's a recruiting class that Mickey was vital recruiting for 2023. I mean, it's, it's a big domino. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we'll wait and see. Um, I mean, we've got the, you know, incident reports. We've got what we have heard from LPD. And, and that's kind of what we've got to go on. And it's just, um, it's, it, it's, it's a sad situation on a lot of fronts. Um, there's, you know, allegedly a crime here. There's a victim to that crime. If that turns out to, to be the case, um, somebody who I think earned a lot of Nebraska fans respect pretty quickly, um, is i mean you're you're talking about potential disruption of family careers etc cetera, etc cetera. it just it spins so big when you when you stop and 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 think about what allegedly happened yesterday and it's it's tough and i you know more than anything more than like wanting to know more about what happened or anything I'm just kind of stuck with that that feeling of of sadness because something something happened here and well the timing the timing was not great for our, from anyone's perspective mm-hmm. and and the the timing I'm worried about the least of all of course is is Nebraska football like it's mm-hmm. going to move on with the new information that is here now and 
the new information that continues to come to light. And that's, that's kind of all you can do. It's kind of all, all anyone can do. Mm. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity, managing editor at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogue's back to recruiting for a second. And what's the, uh, the play here for rule with an assignment, Nebraska, Lincoln, Omaha, rural Nebraska, great Nebraska, where you get a lot of them linemen and other special talents. And then obviously uh, the, the 500 mile radius. That's so, so important. And, and even maybe more important in a world of, of portal and transfer when you feel like it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as a, as a new head coach coming in, you've got to build those, those local bonds as soon as you can. Um, you know, Arizona state made its, its coaching hire, uh, announcement over the weekend as well. And the new head coach there immediately, literally the day he was announced, set up a zoom with any high school coach who wanted to join. Um, I think that's what you got to do. And if you're Matt rule and you're in Lincoln, you can kind of start as close to home as, as you need to basically Lincoln and Omaha metro areas. And then it just radiate radiates out from there. Um, you know, part of bringing um bringing some of these these coaches who have been on a staff with the rule previously you know the east coast connections there are strong um which is interesting because you're gonna at, at nebraska you're gonna have to recruit nationally and if you're strong up there if you have your connections up there still like you can you can use that to your advantage but then what happens when you know there's somebody in in california you want to go get and obviously texas i think takes on a bigger role for nebraska but as a new coach coming in i think you got to start you got to build those bonds locally as strong as you can because it's all you can in recruiting it's all you can count on right like there's a group of people you know malachi coleman decommitted today and i don't think that surprised anyone like he had a unique bond with with mickey joseph and this whole time you kind of view those guys of like this is in your backyard you need to get those guys you need to be in in the lead for them and it's up to a new coach to start building those bonds so you have the best shot brandon vogel vogues thanks for your time today bud thanks a lot guys Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. All right. Hang on, Husker fans. Plenty uh, more news to get into. This is about uh, current roster to touch on, and it's uh, about 90 seconds old to, uh, to report to you. But uh, Max Olson first reporting with the athletic Ernest Hausman into the transfer portal. You have Dakotas Crawford into the portal, Brant Banks into the portal. You have Caleb Tanner going, foregoing his final season. That was announced today. You had Malachi Coleman decommit today, and it's only 442. I said it first segment. The transfer portal is something to watch for the next couple of days with all this change and it's already coming down, and this, this makes you wonder what is happening with Coach Rude in the linebacker room. Uh, it seems like Ernest Hausman is the guy that really got along with him, uh, and I believe, if I remember correctly, Rude was the, uh, the primary recruiter for Hausman during last mm-hmm. cycle, uh, so it makes you think that there's probably going to be a change in the linebacker room. 
Um, offensive line room, you don't know with Brandon Banks. Brandon Banks was a guy with behind a struggling offensive line that still didn't see much of the field play. this season, so that one makes sense. And then Dakota Crawford's a guy, primary recruiter Mickey Joseph, so that one also kind of mm-hmm. checks out after a tough injury-plagued freshman season. So uh, that's a, a quick fire three to learn about <laughs> all within the uh, the four o'clock hour and. Just going to warn you, Husker fans, there's a lot more that's going to be coming down. I don't have any names for you. I don't have any inside information for you there, but there's more names coming down. And just go through your checklist of guys that you thought were important Huskers this year, and I'd venture to say a, a good majority of them are going to be out, just based on not only change, but the, the Mickey Joseph situation as well, mm-hmm. and just understanding the fact that we got a new coach coming in evaluating talent, and if I'm going to get a fresh start here, you might as well go get a, a fresh start. If, if you're showing signs of promise at a place where you get a fresh start where you know nine and three or 10 and two is more possible next season. And I'm not saying it's impossible for Nebraska fans next season, but let's be straight. It's, six, it's a Husker fan full of, te- uh, full of guys that have not yet experienced winning at Nebraska. And they're looking at towards the end of their college career going, am I going to experience winning? So, well, and the person they're closest to uh, in some instances, they don't believe will be back in Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ernest Hausman, to your point, I mean, he got thrown in baptism by blowtorch, right, in Ireland. (laughs) You're having a jerk with covering a back out of the backfield. uh, And here you go uh, abroad, right? We talked to Ernest a couple times this year. His confidence, the way he flew around. and, And who's the best team in the Big Ten? It's Michigan. Who's the best team arguably in college football? It's either Georgia or Michigan right now. Ernest Hausman played great football against that team. And it is it is just awful if you're a Nebraska fan to lose Hausman. Now, uh, best wishes to Hausman. I hope he lands in a spot and crushes it and we get to watch him play ball on Sundays. Uh, just a wonderful young man, wonderful family out of Columbus and his story and uh, perseverance is to be championed because mm-hmm. uh, of the kid in person he is and the, the incredible young man he is. That's just he, – he's, he's, he's an all-Big Ten first-team dude uh, and someday will be football player uh, and linebacker. And I just want to bring up the point, though, while over the next couple of days it may feel like – I don't want to say that the world is falling down with some of these uh, – players entering the portal there's going to be some more big name guys that enter in let's make it clear that there's a lot of talent out to be had at the high school ranks Ernest Hausman is exactly what you think of when you think of one of those under recruited guys that comes in and makes a difference immediately that's what Matt Rule champions Ernest Hausman is a three-star last season um, and I think we can all say without a shadow of a doubt based on what we saw this year once he got his feet wet he played closer to a high four-star type player mm. and this is what Matt Rule's been champion if you trust the man at the top uh, in terms of Trev Alberts and Matt Rule and their plan for the future, there is more freshman talent to be had. This one hurts. This one stings. But this is what Matt Rule has done. He has come into programs that have lost talent, not only the transfer portal, but just based on where these programs are at. And he has turned them around in short order. There is more incoming freshman talent to be had. The question is, moving forward, what kind of class can Matt Rule not only salvage but build over these next couple weeks uh, before the end of the early signing period? Well, it's going to be vital that he's got a right-hand man that is good and gets portal roster management. And and you've been in the NFL, so you've had to do that. It's just at the college level right now because it's a different college level. You're coming back into from where you left pre-pandemic, pre-COVID. And Matt Matt Rule's a smart guy. He'll get it figured out. But 
I want to spend a moment here on 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 Barrett Rude and Rudy did a really good job with his evaluation. Okay, and and I know you're not going to hit everybody as a, as a recruiter, but when he got guys in his room, okay, uh, he was able to to get Reimer. He was able to get Henrich, and I know Henrich would like to tackle a little bit better, but when he's healthy and working his way up, he's been been super good um, at a young age and can only get better. And then you have a guy like Hausman. I mean, Rude doesn't have a whole lot of linebackers to choose from. He's playing a freshman and Ernest Hausman. And then Clements, you're, you're kind of waiting to burst onto the scene and God, he'd love 12 more games of, of Vaughn Clements mm-hmm. playing like he did against Iowa. He was on fire, played great, was coached up. So I don't know what Rudy's future is. It doesn't look good or sound good um, based on what we're seeing Rule do with staff. But you're, uh, man, it's it's tough. You, you hope that Reimer and, and, and Henrich come back. I don't want to start any panic, but you just lost Ernest, which is no good. And uh, you wonder if Quentin Newsom's going to go dip his toe into the pre-draft consideration or if he'll look elsewhere. What's Miles Farmer going to do, right? What's Hartzog going to do? Because uh, he played great football. I mean, your core of the defense coming back next year, you were going to have Hausman, you were going to have Reimer, you had Henrich, you had three dudes, three good ball players. Don't know what Ty Robinson's future is. Uh, Feast as well has played good football. Really had a good year on the interior. And then you have Hartsock. There's five guys out of your starting 11 defensively that you were hoping and you pray will come back. Uh, offensively, what do you have? Well, uh, you don't know right now. You got a lot of young options at tight end. You've got some dudes uh, on the offensive line that have been hurt, and and you're not sure what you have at quarterback. Wide receiver-wise, it's um, problematic just because of what you're losing in Palmer. So, yeah, you want to talk about a tough year one potentially, unless you strike it rich in the portal or you convince the rest of your roster not to defect it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting, man. And it's not even a kickoff in Minneapolis yet. And can I make a little point to get back to Coach Rudin? I, I think Ernest Houseman entering the portal is not confirmation by any means, but it does you know, make me believe that it's probably the last of Coach Rudin we've seen at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Sure. I just sure. want to say I spent one season with him. He was a volunteer assistant coach at Lincoln Southeast yeah. coaching the linebackers. And bar none, he's the best coach I've ever been around in my life. He turned some guys who weren't football players into some really good football players at that linebacker position. Uh, that was a, a great year spent with Coach Rude. He was a phenomenal coach. I think he'll land on his feet somewhere if it's not at Nebraska. But I just want to take that moment to give that personal little story of Coach Rude. He's, he's one of the most pro, phenomenal man. coaches I've ever been around. He's a pro. Great family. We'll wind down our one on Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll spend time with Dick Vermeil, Hall of Fame coach, NFL. You know him from the greatest show on turf with the Rams. 
also with the Chiefs and uh, Super Bowl run before some of us were born or we were real little uh, with Philadelphia and uh, Ron Jaworski. But he uh, did a lot of work uh, in uh, college football as well with Musburger doing the college football scene. And uh, his, uh, his kind of backyard is, is Philadelphia. That's, that's where Vermeil resides in Pennsylvania. And he's been around Matt Rule a lot, and he loves watching practices. And uh, Dick Vermeil uh, really was uh, an early voice for Matt Rule when he was starting out. Uh, with uh, Temple. So we will talk about that connection with Dick Vermeil and Matt Rule. We'll have more of the Jim Rome interview with Matt Rule. We'll have portions of that for you tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Gary Barnett will be with us. We'll get Barney's take on Mickey Joseph, the coaching carousel, the Matt Rule hire, and then the weekend of college football. Danny Burke will help us pick some NFL action this weekend are you uh gonna lose another steak and a beer on uh, tonight bills and patriots yeah or should we skip should we figure should we figure out a steak and a beer for for this weekend you know it'd be fun friday night steak and a beer for usc and utah we can talk about in the saturday morning show that sounds okay. fun. or or we could even go further and we could double down on that steak and a beer. Then Saturday morning, we could pick uh, the United States and Netherlands in World Cup action just to make you watch that game. Because I want you to watch that game real bad. I, I wouldn't. Well, um, there, there's no more ties at this point in the World Cup. But we're I finishing up the But group they're not stage. going straight to a shootout. And, and Vogel loves soccer as much as you do. And is adamant about it being the beautiful game. It is. <laughs> That's what he's texted it, it, me it, before. It's, less, it's like it's a beautiful game. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd call it the, the beautiful game, but it is the world's game for a reason. I think that's what makes it so special is among any walk of life, anyone you meet in any country ever, I've been random places where I've, I've run into – I was at Lollapalooza in Chicago, and I ran into mm-hmm. a guy who was traveling from France, and he's wearing a Tottenham Hotspur jersey while I was wearing a Tottenham Hotspur jersey, and we connected for like 20 minutes at the porta potties talking about Tottenham Hotspur. And, that's, and then he realized you were an American, and he put out his parliament on your back. No, no. See, there's, there's, there's respect among fans. Like, if you meet an English – soccer fan who goes oh man i watch the huskers every single saturday you'd immediately have some talking point even if he is not right. as knowledgeable as you you have a talking point and you have a connection point and that's why i think is so special about the game of soccer is that it is a hundred percent worldwide and while parts of it may not be beautiful i i can't under- understand what is beautiful about the game and that's the fact that there's only one commercial break during the entire game and it's during halftime you get a whole 45 minutes of action no commercial break and then another 45 minutes of action no commercial break that is fantastic Dolman's already, you know, trying. He's on with us tomorrow at five. He's already saying, "Hey, Brock, can we go to the uh, single barrel for old time's sake?" <laughs> he he's wanting another Friday roadie to the single barrel, so we can get a a monster steak. That sounds good, even this soon after Thanksgiving. Well, that's sounds why I'm incredible. trying to avoid the steak in a beer bed. I'm trying to avoid the tab for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Elijah? Where'd he go? <laughs> Said his tummy wasn't feeling well. We'll never see him again. Dick Vermeil on the way and uh, Gary Barnett. Hour two coming up. It's Hail Varsity and we're presented by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. 
We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Let's find out more about Nebraska's new head football coach, Matt Rule, and uh, pleased to be joined by Hall of Fame coach, uh, the NFL, Dick Vermeil, a Super Bowl champ with the Rams, a Super Bowl appearance with Philly, and uh, a great run in Kansas City. Coach Vermeil, uh, a pleasure to speak with you again. How's your day? I'm doing fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about Matt Rule. I'm a big fan of his. Well, Coach, uh, let's let's start with uh, when you first met Coach Rule and, and your guys' coaching relationship. When did that start? I met him when he was the head coach at Temple, and I used to go to one or two practices a year because a very personal friend of mine was on the board at Temple University, and we would go watch him practice. And uh, I was always impressed with the job that he was doing coaching. And then when he goes on to Baylor and did what he did there, it, it impressed me even more. Coach, I, I think I read somewhere, maybe with The Athletic, that early in his time at Temple, you had reached out to, to Coach Rule and given him some advice after a tough start to his tenure there. Well, I probably did. You know, I, I live here in the Philadelphia area, and I respect the school. I have friends on the board there, and uh, I'd like them to be successful. It would be great for the school. And when that got him going, it proved how successful and what kind of a contribution a good football program could make to the school. You know, they beat Penn State. They almost beat Notre Dame, and the school was on fire. So uh, Matt did a beautiful job. Really fast, Coach, can you speak on just how difficult it is to go win at a place like Temple? You've heard that a lot from people around the country, that what was really impressive about Matt Rule is not how quickly he built Temple, but the fact that it was Temple. Can you speak on that for a second, just what kind of job it is to go rebuild a school like Temple? Well, first off, it's a great university academically. Mm -hmm. The the problems are they don't have the same facilities of most of the schools they compete against, and that negatively influences young kids making the decision where they're going to go to school. So they have to do an extra extra fine job of recruiting, selling the football program and the academics and not so much the facilities and back it with performance on the practice field, providing great structure and discipline and tempo. And Matt Rule did all of that when he was here at Temple because I watched him do it. Tell me a little bit about Coach Rule's coaching style. Dick Vermeil is with us. What stands out? You've seen a lot of coaches. You've competed and coached against some of the greats. And and how does his style and his methodology and philosophy, how has he been able to, to, to turn that into winning? I mean, his, his personality. Tell me what makes him such a high-level guy, aside from the wins that, that's been proven in his past stops. 
Well, I thought he always had great structure, a deep philosophy of how to coach, communicate, teach, how to hire, how to lead. And uh, I think there was always a little air of toughness about him. I think, you know, in office, obviously I think he inherited a few great qualities from Bill Parcells the time he spent with him. And uh, those kinds of things. Uh, I was just impressed with his overall leadership combined with all the other aspects it takes to be a head football coach, and especially at Temple. And then when he went on to Baylor and did what he did there, I said, you know, I'm right about this guy. He can coach. <laughs> you, you look at, at some of those traits, and, and toughness is something he preached at Temple. He preached it at Baylor, and he preached it at the opening press conference. And tell me about his fit with Nebraska, you know the Nebraska program pretty well from covering it with uh, ABC, make, yeah, with ABC and, and CBS. Well, you know Nebraska's a great school, a great athletic program with great facilities and great leadership on campus. And I, you know, I I really felt your last head coach that they just fired was going to be extremely successful there. I really did because I really enjoyed watching his. Florida team play, and, and you know, the one year they were the only undefeated team in college football or, or big-time football, and, uh, you know, and it didn't work out. And, and sometimes things just don't go as well as you'd like them to go, and sometimes it's not coach's fault. You know, and, and Nebraska's changed over the years. You know, I can remember going there uh, and, and watch practices. They, they had so many kids on the field, all the, uh, the walk-on kids and a lot of them ended up being good football players. Now there's limitations to those kinds of things. And there's also more football programs today with unbelievable facilities and emphasis on winning than in the old days. You know, uh, there are so many schools that make it tougher for you to be as good as you used to be because the environment's changed. And, uh, so it, I think it's a tougher job today than it used to be. And, course we all know why it was so successful with the coach there and then uh gosh darn it uh i think matt will have a challenge but uh as i said i think he'll get it done and of course i thought the, the young coach that they left there i remember broadcasting game when he was playing quarterback in Nebraska. so uh you know it's it's not as let's say easy as it used to be that's all it's a little tougher and the evaluation process is a lot tougher. Well, Coach, you mentioned Scott Frost, and one of the things that, that people kept on coming back to, at least around the state, was the fact that it never quite seemed like his scheme matched up with what the rest of the Big Ten wanted to do and how you really win in the Big Ten. So I want to get your take on Matt Rule and his scheme and, and just how that adjusts to the Big Ten. Do you think there is something to that, the fact that you have to play football a little bit differently in the Big Ten Conference? Well, you know, never having coached in the Big Ten, having coached college ball against the Big Ten, there was always a little difference between Big Ten football uh, than, uh, say, the West Coast football where I was. You know, the passing game was a bit more of an emphasis in college football on the West Coast than it was in the Big Ten at that time. And, you know, the Big Ten conference is tough. <laughs> it's just a tough, and you've got to be – good every weekend and uh, you know sometimes you're as good as a team that you're playing but you lost two players due to injury and don't have anybody to replace them this week 
so you're not as good a football team. It still takes good football players to win. Yes, they have to be coached and coached to the standard of the rest of the schools coached in the Big Ten, but some schools like Ohio State you know, and Michigan, they're going to have more players game in and game out than most of their opponents within the Big Ten. You know, and that's just how it's going to be. So you can't be just as good a football coach. you got to find a way to be better, and that's difficult. A few minutes here, Dick Vermeil with us here on Hale Varsity Radio Hall of Fame. Coach with the Rams, Eagles, and Chiefs NFL inductee. Uh, got that gold jacket over the summer and a Super Bowl champ. Coach Vermeil, tell me what your philosophy was when it came to finding assistance and hiring. Uh, Matt Rule did a great job of hiring at Baylor. He's finishing out his staff now at Nebraska, and it's a lot of the same folks that helped him win at Temple. There's also a Baylor connection and maybe some Carolina connection. But uh, you've you've had to do it. Uh, You've had to bring people in to work with you and work for you. Uh, What are some key traits you need with guys uh, on that football staff? Well, in, in college football, I think it's slightly different than it is in pro football. You need some real fine technical football coaches on every staff. But on the college staff, you also need some real great recruiters. And some guys are just better at it than others. And uh, I, I remember Pepper Rogers telling me a long time ago, and I thought he was a good coach and a real character, real football personality. And he said to me, you know, I only need a few real coaches. What I need is a lot of recruiters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 in Nebraska is just it's a, a great football state, but you can't lose a great player in Nebraska to Ohio State or to Michigan or to Iowa or to Wisconsin and still be a successful program because you can't get everybody out of Southern California or other states that have great play players to come to Nebraska anymore. Everybody's done such an intense job in recruiting these kids and showing off the facilities. No, I haven't been to Nebraska in a long time, but I know they have good facilities. You know, I was at Clemson two weeks ago to watch them play and see their football program and their facilities. They're second to nobody's. I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable facilities and a major factor in recruiting positively. So, uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Nebraska. It's going to be tough because they've got to beat, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, who are consistently going to be deeper and, and maybe have a few more what you call really blue-chip players. And uh, But if there's anybody who can do it, like I thought Scott could do it, I really did. And I still believe he's a fine football coach. Yeah, but uh, Matt Rowe has a little more exposure now. He's been in the NFL. I guarantee you he learned a lot about coaching football in the NFL, okay, because there's no such thing as a bad team. <laughs> yeah. There's no such light schedule or anything like that. Everybody's good. Everybody has good players, similar to, in a way, the Big Ten is. But uh, I, I think Matt uh, could add a degree – of uh, scheme, things they learned uh, in the NFL from the other great coaches. You know, all, all coaches steal from the other guy. It's a copycat game. You know. And uh, I think he'll add that. You know, there's no substitute for his wisdom and experience. And, you know, he'll 
do some things better than he did him in Carolina because he recognized it didn't work in Carolina. Then he'll find a better way to do it. And he'll go back to some of the things he's done in Baylor that were extremely successful that will help him there that may be not as effective in Carolina. You know, so I'm, I'm anxious. I'm interested, very interested in seeing how it goes. But it'll take some time. It'll take some time. Coach Dick Vermeil's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska's hire of Matt Rule. And, Coach, you talked about learning lessons from the NFL. And I'm going to turn this back to your career just briefly as whenever Matt Rule took the stage on Monday and, and with his introductory press conference, he really captured the room. Seems like he's a very gifted communicator, and uh, part of that seems like it stems from his father, who was a, a minister, and uh, he really seems like a minister when he's up there. But he captured the room, and I want to ask you, you're a guy who took a, a hiatus from your coaching career in order to get into broadcasting and learn the ropes of communication a little bit. So I, I want to get your take on just the importance of effective communication as, as a head coach. How can it help you? Or I guess on the flip side, how can it hurt you? What, what did you learn from your broadcasting career and taking it back into coaching? Well, what I, the number one thing I learned, because I was on everybody else's practice field, including Nebraska's and Bill Snyder's at Kansas State, Tom Coughlin at Boston College, the great coaches, you know, all around the, the Big Ten, all around the United States. I learned from watching them practice, you know. And nobody read a better football practice than they did at Nebraska in those days, you know. But you, you learn, and you, you talk to coaches, you talk to people, and you say to yourself, you know, I think these things I was doing when I was coaching are better than this, but there's a lot of things they're doing here that was better than the way I was doing it. So, uh the more experience you have, the more opportunities you have to grow. As long as ego doesn't get involved, you always got to say uh, it's my way or the highway, uh, and I'm the only one who knows how to do it. You know? <laughs> Take that attitude, you're going to get beat. I learned so much from coaches that, I, that were great coaches just by watching them in the NFL as well. So uh, I think uh, Matt will bring some of that NFL experience to him because he coached against the great coaches. And I'm sure he learned a lot, a lot of to-dos and a lot of not-to-dos. He always do. Dick Vermeil's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, Hall of Fame coach. Coach, going to switch it to, to one of our favorites. We love having him on and, and getting a chance to see him, Grant Wistrom. Uh, you drafted Grant. You guys went to Super Bowls. You won a Super Bowl. You're one of his favorites, absolutely. He was smiling when we talked to him with your Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame induction. And tell us a little bit about your relationship with Grant. Well, you know, I had the opportunity to broadcast a number of Nebraska games all through his career with Brent Musburger. And I just admired how he played the game. And I recognized when I had an opportunity later in my pro coming back into pro football, I, you know, I like building a football team with deep character. And now it has to be backed by talent. But there was no question in my mind in my second year there in the draft that I was going to draft Grant Wisdom if somebody didn't before me. Because I wanted him to be an integral part of rebuilding. Because he's, in a, he's a guy that can affect, infect your other players with his, just by his example let alone his ability to play. He was a little bit undersized, but it didn't matter to me. And I passed up a couple of guys that are going in the NFL Hall of Fame to draft him because I believed so much in him. 
And I say to myself today, I've made a hell of a good decision. I, I wouldn't trade him for anybody because his contribution would go deeper than just how he played the game. It's how he practiced, how he came to meeting rooms, how he, you know, his own temperament. Again, how bright he was as well. So I know I love the guy. I just He's one of my all-time favorite guys. Dick Vermeil, Hall of Famer, with his thoughts on uh, his relationship with Matt Rule and uh, his time with Grant Wistrom. Coach, it was awesome to, to spend time with you. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Take care. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Let's talk college football with Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett. Coach, the season's done, the coaching search done for Nebraska. How's your week been? How's uh, Coach Barnett hanging in? Uh, you know, it, I, I've gotten myself into a lot of stuff, and so I'm, it's just over, a little bit overwhelming, but I signed up for it, and so I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm highly involved in creating a collective and uh, uh, through a 501c3, and so that's, uh, you know, trying to create all the protocols and how things flow and this and that and it's i'm telling you it's it's very interesting i you know i hopefully it's going to help the university but uh it's it's uh not as easy as it sounds well we know about them they they are a necessary necessity in college football now Give us a, a backstory, or as far as how you got roped in, as they say. Tell me what you're you're doing. Well, we've got a we have an organization that uh, is made up of former players that help other players. So, a mm-hmm. uh, couple of years ago, we had a couple of suicides with Sean Salam and Drew Walrus, and we'd had we'd had nine over the last over about an eleven year period, and so we just uh, uh, decided to take this. That organ, that group, and make it a mental health, mm. um, you know, accented. And so we've done everything we can to reach out to every former athlete in all sports and assess their mental health, and then start providing services and resources to those people. So it's a 501c3, and mm-hmm. and um, so we we after after watching and listening and. Uh, we we uh, sort of got the the idea to create a collective with it, and uh, really sort of reach out to former athletes to to donate to our, the collective. And since it's a 501c3, it's tax deductible. And then in turn for providing resources to student athletes, 
they would do all sorts of things for our organization, mm-hmm. either through the social media or in in person, uh, attending events, uh, making speeches, things like that. So we thought, you know, our, our thing is buffs helping buffs, and it doesn't say they have to be current or former. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've done. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a quick and easy, slick thing like a regular collective is. This is a 501c3. It has to go through all sorts of tax um, guidelines and everything else. So it's a, you know, it's been a bit of a headache, but it's coming together, and and we have it. It's formed. We've used it already, and we're just trying to make it better. Gary Barnett with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Good for you, uh, being a part of that uh, with the mental health emphasis. Well, Matt Rule is in uh, his press conference Monday. It was quite a dance to get him your reaction to the hire and uh, your reaction to Trev pulling this hire off. Well, I, first of all, I think it's a really good hire. I think uh, the only thing with Matt is that he hasn't dealt with portals and he hasn't dealt with NIL. And as the head coach in the NFL, uh, you know, somebody else does all that. And so he's just going to have to get his feet wet, learn how to handle it. And he, and he will eight year contracts. He's going to have plenty of time to figure it out. Uh, you know, I think Matt initially was going to sit out, and I think uh, probably the appeal of uh, the resources at Nebraska and combination of Trev and and just everything else that Nebraska has going for it that made him think twice about that, and he decided to actually go ahead and get back into college football. And you know, as um, he, he's got a really good resume. Um, uh, kudos to Trev for being able to pull that off. It looks like they just traded his NFL salary for um, for his college salary, and uh, you know, an eight year deal. That, I mean, we uh, we legally couldn't do an eight year deal, and and I'm assuming that Nebraska can, and mm-hmm. or else they've made. You, you can figure out ways to to make it work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, kudos to them because they're they're going to get a guy with a lot of experience and a guy who's rebuilt two programs, and that's. That's pretty amazing. How important in your eyes was it uh, when, when you took over Northwestern Colorado? And I know you, you, you'd worked in Colorado, so you, you had the high school background there. But I guess the question I have is rule rounds out his staff is how do you how do you protect the 500 mile radius if you're not from here? Well, uh, I just made myself really available. Gotcha. And I put... Uh, I put every coach into the Chicago area and, uh, you know, and some guys had Southern Illinois as well, but El- Chicago and Illinois are two different States really. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we, we did a, the urban part of Chicago, uh, and then the urban, the larger urban, uh, communities around the state, but we had someone, a separate coach assigned to, to areas so that uh, every every high school coach had somebody to reach out to, and we would visit every, as almost every school. And um, I did the same thing at Colorado. I, I put all my coaches in Colorado. They all had an area, and I wanted them to feel that they were responsible. Those coaches were responsible for finding someone in their area, and uh, you know that that put a little pressure on them. And, and, of course, they didn't have to, and what there wasn't any requirement, but I wanted to feel the peer pressure 
of finding and, and, and reeling in one of the athletes in, in the area that he was responsible for. So uh, Ed gave every high school coach an immediate contact to call if they needed something, wanted something, uh, advice, wanted to come up and watch practice, et cetera. They had a coach that, that they knew they could call. And so, uh, you know, you just start that way and you start working it. And pretty soon, you know, coaches are in the convention. They say, hey, you know what? Every, uh, did you guys get contacted by Northwestern? I did. I haven't seen those guys in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't have anybody for them, but it's good to meet that guy and this and that. And so pretty soon it just starts to, you get credibility with the, with the High School Coaches Association. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Surprised at uh, Luke Fickle heading to Wisconsin. That uh, I know. I know Leonard's not pleased, but what a what a coup by the Badgers. I, I totally agree. I'm surprised he went this year instead of last year, but he may have seen uh, how difficult it is to maintain the level of play that he had created a year ago, and uh, especially. Uh, I lost a couple quarterbacks, and I think it really showed up in the championship game or in the big game with Mm -hmm. Tulane. But, uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I was surprised that that Wisconsin was willing to let Leonard go because he's sort of a hometown guy, and sooner or later is probably going to be the head coach there, So, which was my feeling on the thing the whole whole way through. But, Mm -hmm. obviously, that either they didn't win enough games or I was wrong. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Coach, Which often happens, by the way. No, I, you're, you're, you're on target a lot. We'll get to some weekend picks coming up. Uh, the news that broke yesterday, and, and I bring this up just because I know how close you are with the Joseph family, but uh, the arrest of Mickey Joseph, uh, do you have a reaction? Well, I'm just really disappointed in, in uh, for and in Mickey because – you know, you're, you were just put in a position of ultimate leadership. And, you know, leadership means people are watching you. People want to see how you handle adversity, problems, difficulties. And, uh, you know, that, that it's your greatest example to lead. And you have, you know, in, in his case, this, this is his second probably alcohol issue. And, you know, he just doesn't need that. He, he, he'd overcome the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. But now he's put himself in a position that's going to be really hard for him to reach the pinnacle of, of coaching uh, the way he wanted to do it. So, but, you know, that's, that's what happens. You know, if, if, you, if you don't maintain control of yourself, uh, and, you know, when you're in a position like that, then you pay the consequences. You have to be accountable. Ultimately, we'll see, but... I, I think this will be an accounting for Mickey. Coach, weekend games will start with Friday. Utah SC for the Pac-12. What do you feel in there? Minus two and a half Trojans. Well, I tell you, it's hard to beat anybody twice, and and uh, Utah is the only team to beat SC, and they did it in overtime and went for two uh, on the on the first touchdown, and uh, that's how they did it. And so, uh, Utah is a very physical team. Uh, I, I'm not sure how, if they're tied in, Dalton Kincaid is, is healthy, uh, then, then this is going to be a great game to watch. Uh, I don't know who wins this thing. Uh, SC has just been living a little bit on, you know, they create a lot of turnovers, and that's how they do it because you can move the ball on them. 
and uh, Utah did that in the first game. So I don't know where this thing goes. Utah, USC is favored by three. I would I would think that's about right. And, and like I said, it's hard to beat anybody twice. So I, I think I'd probably go with SC if I you made me do it. <laughs> How about TCU, uh, keeping with the beat them twice theme? Oh, I know. You know, and I I, I sort of feel for TCU because uh, they've already beaten uh, Texas or uh, Kansas State once and. But hard to be, and they had to they had to come from behind like they have in five of their games to do that, and it's about the same spread, you know. I mean, it's it's uh, two and a half, I think. So, uh, you know, hard to be anybody twice. But TC is just they're playing at such a high level, and uh, I, I think I've got to go with TCU. But I would not be surprised to see Kansas State beat them. Give me a thought here with the playoff spot. Do you like Ohio State sneaking in? We're getting in if TCU or USC stumble. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. You like? Um, you think Ohio State's better better team than than TCU or? Uh, I think it. I I probably think that way. USC, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the only quality game that that Ohio State has is probably Penn State and Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and then you know everybody else is uh, not. And 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 you you. You look at TCU coming out of the Big 12, which maybe the Big 12 doesn't receive that much cred, but I'll tell you that's top to bottom. That's been the most competitive conference this year. So, so I think TCU has a real argument to, if they're a one-loss team to stay in there. But I don't know. I, I, Ohio State has a big drum they beat, mm. and uh, it would be hard <laughs> to bypass it. <laughs> Gary Barnett with this Coach, last thought, any shot of LSU upsetting Georgia? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think they. I don't like that spread. Yeah, you know, I would be taking LSU and the spread, but uh, the points. But I don't think that they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. But LSU is sneaky good, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's done a good job there. But I, I don't think they can pull it off. Gary Barnett with us, coach. Have a good weekend. We'll chat soon. Thanks for your time. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's time for Burke's Best Bet, Hail Varsity Radio. Danny Burke from VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. It's where you follow him. Uh, weekend coverage, of course, all the college football and NFL action. Pride of Chicago, how's the week? How are you? Uh, we're doing all right, Schmitty. You know, uh, just getting through this colder weather period. You know, college football slowing down. But at least I finally got to brag to my sister and all my Iowa friends that the Big Red came over on top. So uh, it's been several years in the making. So uh, that was a... That was a fun win to watch and uh, a nice cover for Nebraska catching double digits against a team that, you know, was always struggling to score double digits. It didn't make much sense, but I'm looking forward to the championship game this weekend. Danny, did you personally have the Huskers 
covering the points? Do you have the money line? Did you have anything? Do you stay away? Well, t- tell me a little no, bit. No, yeah. I-, I took Nebraska plus 11. That was the quickest and probably heaviest college bet of this season for myself. I know I was saying that about Wisconsin, but this Nebraska one was the next one in line. Because, again, it was just not even being objective. I mean, you've seen how these teams have played year and year and year in the past, except for a couple, and you knew that they were going to be fighting uh, for their last game of the season. And if Casey Thompson is their quarterback or when he was their quarterback, he gave them a fighting chance, whereas Petrus gives Iowa no chance. The defense that gave them a chance, and Nebraska's defense was actually improving. So you figured if they did lose, it was still going to be within a one-score game, and then they'd go and win it outright. So I'm not shocked they covered at all. And, yeah, that was probably my favorite uh, single game college bet of the year. So I was all over plus 11. Well, are you uh, jumping on minus 17 for the Big Ten championship game? Purdue, it was the uh, who's going to back in from the West versus Michigan, who, well, let's just say they were able to, uh, to do whatever they wanted body blow wise to Ohio State as they ran all over uh, Ohio State in that fourth quarter. That game says a lot about Michigan, don't get me wrong, but I think it screams more about Ohio State because Michigan was clearly just the better coached team and can make adjustments and very disciplined. Now, when you're looking at this game against Purdue, of course we don't actually expect the Boilermakers to win it, right? But the good thing about Purdue is at least they can give you fireworks here and there, not only since Brom has been head coach, but with Aiden O'Connell as your quarterback, you still can generate some offense. And I was talking to some colleagues about this game, and I thought they had some pretty good points that, look, Purdue's obviously house money in this game, right? They really have nothing to lose. Obviously, they have the game to lose, but aside from that, nothing truly do they have to lose. So they can go out there and empty the playbook and really just let it all hang loose and try some kind of trickery, not play with any pressure, and see what they can do against Michigan. And, hey, maybe it only works in the first half, but if you're giving me that substantial amount of points, I still think I'd rather take it with the Boilermakers than I would laying it with Michigan. I get that they understand the pressure, and we kind of had this talk last year, like, ooh, Iowa, you know, they may keep it close. Well, Connell's a way better quarterback than Petrus. That has been established time and time again. And Michigan has had their issues. You look at that Illinois game, a game they probably easily could have or should have lost. I still look back to that Maryland game and, and just still not fully in on this Michigan team. Do they deserve to be where they are? Absolutely, 100%. I would not be putting my money on them, though, over Georgia or over USC really right now. I mean, well, USC, their defense is kind of an issue, but the point is I think Michigan could falter in a huge favorite role like this with a team like Purdue who, again, can just let it all hang loose. So I would be gravitating more toward taking the points with the Boilermakers if I'm getting 17 or better. Danny, to the NFL, Kansas City is at Cincinnati. Bengals minus two hit the Niners and Finns minus four San Fran and then you have uh, the Jets and Vikings minus three. Well, starting with that Cincy and KC game, you remember they played twice last year, and in both efforts, the Bengals came back from double-digit deficits at halftime. So you got to think KC will be ready for this one. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But when you look at these numbers, and for the fact that Cincy's getting Jamar Chase back, I think this makes the Bengals as a live dog, without a doubt. I mean, you've seen the market move their way from three to two in the hook, and it's not like me saying that a live dog is anything outlandish. They're only a two-and-a-half-point underdog. But both of these teams offensively in the first half are great. They're both top five. Second half, Casey's leading the league 
But this is where the difference comes down to. It's Cincinnati's second-half defense. They're allowing opponents less than eight second-half points per game, and that's been a constant theme throughout this season. So I think their defense is really going to give them the big advantage at the end of the day to where it may give them an advantage to win it outright. But just for that security net, guys, what I did is tease up Cincinnati, and I paired them with the Baltimore Ravens going against Elijah's Broncos. So I teased down the Ravens to minus two and a half and teased up in the Bengals to plus eight and a half. So hoping that if the Bengals do lose, it's going to be by a touchdown or fewer, which they should be more than capable of doing with the offense they have. Jamar Chase back in the mix at home against his KC defense. So that's how I'm approaching that game. Uh, for Miami and San Francisco, this one's going to be fun. It's going to be like chess, right? you got two of the younger, smarter, analytically driven coaches in Shanahan and McDaniel. I think the 49ers are the right side. I think they do win this game, but I'm not infatuated with laying four. Again, in-game angle, if I can get under three or a better money line price on the 49ers, I think that's the way to go because as great as Miami's offense is, don't forget the 49ers have one of the top offenses in the league as well. And the difference here, where the discrepancy is, goes on the defensive side of the ball. You have a top-tier defense in San Francisco, both in the red zone and overall in yards per play. They're allowing the fewest. Miami's defense, well, man, that switched cheese all over the place. I mean, they let the Texans come back in the game. The Bears could have easily beat them. There are several instances where Miami's had close calls to where they really shouldn't have. But that's what's going to be their Achilles heel in the playoffs, and I think that's what's going to be their Achilles heel in this game. It's their inept defense that is just really their weak part of the game. Um, It's really fascinating, too, to just kind of see what you're going to expect out of the coaching in this game. Like Shanahan in this role, you can't let this young guy come into your home and kind of take over your spot. I think that's going to be a big deal for all of these guys. So I do like the 49ers. Uh, Again, I just don't like laying over the key number three in this game. So I'll wait to see if Miami maybe gets a quick touchdown and then jump in on the 49ers. As for that Vikings game that you mentioned, Schmidt, I want to get in on Minnesota. I do, but... I don't know, all the analytics and the numbers are kind of telling you that the Jets should be the better team in this game. And just by the eye test, Minnesota does play a lot of these games closely, but usually they find an edge in those close games at home. If this were on the road, I absolutely would not want to be playing Minnesota. But I kind of think they're attractive. And, again, I'm beating a dead horse, but I don't want to lay at the flat three or lay a high money line price. 100% guaranteed you're going to get a spot where Minnesota will give you probably better value on them, whether it's letting the Jets back in or getting down early. I'm just not sold on Mike White yet. Like, I could have torched that Bears defense. Brisker wasn't in the game. Gordon wasn't in the game. Eddie Jackson left the game with an injury. Any quarterback in the NFL can make their mark against the Bears. If they would have kept in Zach Wilson, he would have had a similar performance. That's how bad the Bears defense is. So I'm not ready to jump completely on the Mike White train just yet. The Vikings defense isn't that good, so he'll still look all right. But I trust the Vikings more at home in this game. I put more stock in Cousins in that offense than I do with the Jets. And it's going to be an ugly game, and it probably lands right on three. The Vikings, I think, win in like a game-winning field goal type of fashion. Danny, last thought, 30 seconds, Thursday night football, Bills and Patriots. The Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you have a lean? Yeah, the only thing I got in this game is a rushing prop. I got Josh Allen over 41-and-a-half rushing yards. His arm has clearly been taking some impact, and it's dealing with an injury. And when he hasn't been as accurate or had the strength, what has he had to resort to? Running the ball. Look at what happened in that game on Thanksgiving. And the Patriots have an amazing secondary, allowing the fewest passes to be completed. So that's going to equate to Allen having to get some momentum offensively in the capacity of him running. So I like that the number was at 41 and a half. If it is in the 50s, I wouldn't have played it. But 
He's gone over this mark in a big chunk of the games. I can't remember the exact amount, but I expect there not to be a lot of open opportunities with his arm. Has to do it with his legs once again, and that he'll probably get into like the 60 rushing yards range. Uh, yards range. Daddy, have yourself a weekend, bud. We'll get caught up next week. Thanks for a few minutes. You got it, fellas. Enjoy the weekend. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff today's show as uh, we focused a lot on the transfer portal with the news of Ernest Hausman off to the portal, Brent Banks, Dakota Crawford, and uh, Malachi Coleman reopening his commitment. So not good news on the roster front for Nebraska. More news on Mickey Joseph. We had the incident report uh, information for you to start the show off. And uh, really good thoughts from Brandon Vogel on Nebraska's current coaching staff, the new hires. If you want to catch all of that, the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. Also, the show streamed in video form on the Hale Varsity Radio. Make that Hale Varsity uh, YouTube channel where you can catch coffee and cream. Do so. They're incredible. Damon and Andrew do a phenomenal job and check us out as well. Uh, full show and also uh, specialized segments. Nebraska Creighton this weekend. Hoops on our mind. Nebraska big win last night over Boston College. You want to go see Nebraska basketball against Creighton or vice versa. Your friends at Red Zone Tickets selling fun since 2001 are your source for Creighton Hoops. Big one against Texas tonight on the road for the Jays. Feeder seats. How about concerts you want to check out in Omaha? Oscar Volleyball underway with the NCAA tournament. All can happen with RedZoneTickets.com, an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, and they are local folks doing great work for quite a few years in Omaha. 100% guarantee on all your orders. You'll get those authentic seats and experiences you'll never forget. Create the memories that do last a lifetime redzonetickets.com log on today redzonetickets.com have you made a decision tonight with new england and the steak and a beer are we doing friday have i made a decision and no can i make one very quickly probably if that's what you're asking me do well, let's just do, let's, do do US, let's do let's do usc utah that that seems like the one that's got a lot of intrigue because utah one day pretty much spilled out what needs to happen tonight with Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. In, and in the best bets. And it's also one that neither you or I are going to watch because you're going to be off doing high school basketball coverage mm-hmm. tonight, and I'm going to be producing it for you. So if neither of us get the chance to watch the game, it kind of takes away from the intrigue of a steak and a beer bet. Whereas I have nothing sure. planned for my Friday night. I will be watching USC and Utah. And it's got the intrigue because Utah beat them the first time around, but you've heard it before. You'll hear it. For as long as you'll be watching sports in your life, it's hard to beat a team twice in one season. And USC, they've got all to play for. Utah, a trip to the Rose Bowl, which they went to last season and ended mm-hmm. up losing. Like USC knows that their college football playoff hopes are on the line against Utah, so I, I think there's a lot more intrigue in that football game. And not to mention, it's probably the uh, the championship game of the weekend, aside from maybe the Big Twelve. But I think TCU only being a two and a half favorite over K State is, is a bit tight. Whereas USC Utah being two and a half sounds about right to me. 
Well, we'll uh, have plenty of college football thoughts tomorrow. The infamous Clausburn will pick championship weekend with, uh, with us. Uh, Brady Oltman's from Hale Varsity. Jacob Padilla going to join us in the Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman tomorrow for the Friday edition. So we're loaded up. Reminder to get buckled up, hands on the wheel, eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job to drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. If you're in Lincoln, we'll be over on KFOR here a little before 7.30 with high school basketball. That's Southwest and Elkhorn South. Take care. We'll talk tomorrow at 4. A Huda Media Production.